<clears throat> if you are someone who has felt like a little twinge, a little hint saying, ah, you know what, I, I get along well with high school students. I get along well with junior high students, or I'm not sure if I even really like junior high students, but I still feel like God is saying that I should be involved. Talk to Graham afterwards on the patio or put that on your Connect card. Just tell us that you're interested. We could use some great volunteers in that department. It's going to be a fun ride. So last night, I got sucked into uh, Dateline. And you're asking yourself, aren't you too young to watch Dateline? Yes, I am too young to watch Dateline. I'm not their target demographic, I don't think. And yet, it was on, and they hooked me with the Dateline mystery thing. I was like, everybody likes a good mystery, right? So I kind of leaned in. I watched it for a second. It was kind of intriguing. I thought, oh, this, where's this story going? It was disappointing. It, 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 was, it was not a mystery at all. It was like the most cut and dry case of affair and murder that I've ever seen in my life. It was like the guy confessed to it, right? I mean, there was, there was no mystery to it. The mystery, though, was how someone, how their life could end up there. That was the mystery. Because this guy was on staff at a church. And the person that he had an affair with was a volunteer in the church. And her husband, who's now dead, was really involved in the church. And on the surface, they seemed like good people. And I'm sure in a lot of ways, they were good people. How do you get there? How does someone get from here and what they plan for their life and what they want for their life into that space? I, I promise you they weren't like mapping out strategically how to, how to spend the rest of their life behind bars, which is what's happened. That wasn't their intention, but somehow they, they ended up there. And I know that you know and we know, we all know people in our lives who you've looked at kind of the events that have transpired in their life and you've wondered to yourself, how did they get there? Maybe you've said that about yourself. How did I get here? I didn't mean to get there. What were the steps? What were the, what were the things? How, did, how was my life organized where, where I ended up in that place? And we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. We all want to build a life that lasts, that works, that's healthy, that's whole. That's what all of us want. No one wants to destroy their life. No one wants to wreck their life. No one wants to build a really kind of shaky life that's not going to stand the test of time. No one wants that. We want a life that not only survives but thrives. And that's what Jesus is going to tell us in this short passage of Scripture today as we finish off Luke 6. This is a message that's very simple. His instruction is very simple. The lesson here is very simple. It's not easy, but it's very simple. Luke chapter 6. Jesus is teaching his followers, and he says to them, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Why do you call me Lord, and yet you don't do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came... The torrent struck the house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck the house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Now in that day, Jesus is talking to people and this is a really crystal clear illustration for them because most of them built their own houses. You don't just have like a real estate agent and you go find one that you like. I mean, you're, you're building 
You, you know, you, you, you'd probably had your dad kind of teach you the ways. And you're remembering as Jesus is talking about this, that how, what a pain in the butt it was when you had to like dig into the, the hard ground and try to lay a strong foundation and have a, have a cornerstone to kind of cement the thing. And then you build out from the cornerstone and build something that will be strong and stand the test of time. And you're thinking about when your dad made you help with that. And you're like, oh yeah, that was a that was a pain. Or you're thinking of poor Billy who built his house in a bad way and it collapsed on itself and his wife was pissed. And you're like, yeah, 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 Billy. That's, he, what he's talking about is like what Billy did. He was just in a hurry and he just wanted to pop something up really fast. And, and that's not a good idea. So they're, they're locked in. They get this story. They even, they even know if they've been married, a husband or a future husband would go and he would take his bride and he would propose and he would make arrangements for a wedding <coughs> and then he would come back to his parents' house and he would build their house attached to the parents' house. Some of you were like, that's my personal hell. Uh, but, <laughs> but he would, that's what, that was the normal thing. They would have this house built and then you better hope that your dad did a good job with the foundation because now your house depends on his house. So the influence extended And so these people, it's crystal clear in their mind what Jesus is talking about. The foundation, Jesus is saying, of a strong life is to put his words into practice. To put Jesus' words into practice. Do you want to build a healthy, strong foundation for a life that will last? Put his words into practice. Do you want to build a life that will stand the test of time and will stand up to whatever circumstances come your way? Put his words into practice. In other words, do what Jesus says. And it makes sense. If if you're newer here, this might be a stretch for you because we believe that Jesus was actually the God of the universe in skin. Maybe that's crazy, but but that's what we believe. We base our whole faith on that idea. If you can't get there, then the rest of this isn't going to make that much sense. But you can still listen in for fun and just see what happens. But that's, that's what we believe, and that's what the Apostle Paul believed, the famous Apostle Paul. He was like the smartest person in his day. When it came to intellectual, religious people, he was the top. The cream rose to the top, and it was Paul. He knew everything. He had the framework down. He taught the teachers. He, he lived a near-perfect life without blemish, at least from the outside. It looked really clean and nice. And when Paul encountered Jesus, it flipped his world upside down, and he realized that everything he'd been living for was meaningless compared to following Jesus. And he said those words, all of my accolades, all of my intellect, everything that I have built and worked for is meaningless except for Jesus, that he is the one who informs everything else. And so Paul, because he is all in, he's He's on board with this Jesus thing. He says in Philippians 4, 9 to the people that he's teaching, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Now you're already off to a great start because you're here. And we talk every Sunday about the teachings of Jesus. Jesus also affirmed the Old Testament. So we talk about the whole Bible with Jesus and kind of the light that he shines on it all. And so you're off to a good start because you're you're bought in and you're saying, yeah, I want to be a part. I want to know more. And yet, 
And yet there is a danger for us, just like there was in that day, to be people in our Americanized system of learning who take in information intellectually, but don't let it apply to our lives. And the people that Jesus is talking to had a difficult time with this because they thought that they knew everything. They, they thought that they had it all down in their minds, and yet they couldn't get there when it came to following Jesus. Our whole, our whole goal with these Sundays, when we, what we do here on Sundays, is to present the words of Jesus and the teachings of Scripture in a way that is accessible in a way that is relevant, and in a way that is challenging to your everyday life so that you can put it into practice. You know, uh, when you learn new information, your mind sends off little endorphins so that your body literally feels good. Some of you guys are information junkies because you love those endorphins that go off. And you're like, I love to learn, I love to learn, I want more, 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 which is fine as long as you know you don't change just by learning. Your life changes, your heart changes, you are transformed when you act, when you apply, when you take action. You can know all the right stuff about scripture and be all wrong in your life because it requires action, putting into practice. And Jesus had a hard time getting that through to the religious people in his day. In John 14, he says, Jesus, Jesus replies, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. Hillary and I have had some times in our marriage where I have said to her, oh, Hillary, I just love you. And her response to me is, I don't feel loved. Why is that? Because our actions speak louder than our words. You know that from your own relational experiences. If my actions are saying one thing, if I've forgotten, if I've neglected, if we haven't dated, if I've been kind of harsh or cutting or whatever, my actions speak louder than my words. I can say the right stuff. I can, you know, pretend because I know it in my head, but she doesn't feel it. And so she doesn't really believe it because of my actions. Friends, your actions speak louder than your words. Our actions speak louder than our words. On another occasion, Jesus told this parable from Matthew 21. There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first son and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he said. But later he changed his mind and he went and worked. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But then he did not go. Which of these two men, Jesus asked, did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. Jesus said to them, these Jewish followers that are around him, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of heaven ahead of you. There's an important lesson that Jesus is trying to get across to them. He's trying to tell them that we all have wicked hearts. We are all broken. We are all messed up. We are all selfish. Selfish. 
We all have a tendency to want to do our own thing, but some of us have figured out how to say the right things, how to look the right way on the outside, but on the inside, we're kind of flipping God off, saying, I'm not into that. I'll go through the motions, I'll say and do the right things to a degree, but I'm not all in. And so he's challenging these religious people in his day and saying, you know what? The people who you think are the worst of the worst sinners, they're in ahead of you because they're willing to change and follow me and do what I say. You think that you know everything and you're so smart because of how you've been brought up and everything else, and yet you're ignoring my simple teachings and you're not loving the people around you. You're not embracing my way of love and truth and grace. You're just doing your own thing. And these people who you hold at arm's length, who you look down on, who you think are the worst sinners, they're getting in ahead of you. They actually get it. And you don't. When I went through my quarter-life crisis, uh, I started... I started reevaluating everything. I started being very aware that I didn't know the things that I thought that I knew. Uh, I obviously didn't know how to be married because she left. I went through a divorce about eight years ago. And I didn't know where I was supposed to live because I had to sell the condo. And I didn't think that I was supposed to do ministry anymore because now I was a divorced guy and people can judge that harshly. And I was reevaluating this whole life that I thought that I had built, and I saw the cracks in the foundation. And, I, and part of me just wanted to say, forget this. I tried to be the religious guy and live good over here, and then this happened. I, 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 don't, I, I don't want this anymore. Part of me wanted to just chuck it and go in the other direction and just indulge everything that I wanted to indulge that I hadn't done before that was taboo because I had been good and over here. But look where it led me. And so I wrestled with that, and I had some like touch-and-go moments where it was kind of like, I'm just going to live for myself. I'm just going to do my own thing. But I had one verse, one thing that kind of just haunted me and rang in my head. Jesus had been teaching his disciples, his followers, and it was hard teaching, and a bunch of them, most of them left. They walked away. They were like, yeah, you know, I'm not even sure this is for us. And so Jesus asked his kind of core, he says, where did everybody go? And they said, they, they left. And Jesus said, how about you guys? Are you going to leave too? Has this gotten too hard for you? And Peter, in his like one brilliant moment, <laughs> spoke up and he said, no, not me. Where else would I go? You have the words of life. And those words rang in my head as I kind of teetered on the line of like self-destruction and doing whatever I wanted to do versus trying to be good and kind of the religious framework that I used to have. Where else would I go? Ah, as I started to step into that way of, where else would I go? You have the words of life. Nothing else is going to fulfill it's shiny and it looks nice out here and it promises to deliver, but it always lets us down. Where else would I go? If I go and indulge that and I try to get that and I try to live that way and make that much money and I do this and I live for those things, that's not ultimately going to satisfy me. Where else would I go? You have the words of life. 
That's what I keep coming back to even still today. And many of you, that's what you've experienced. And others of you, you're, you're hoping that that's your experience because you've tried everything else and you can, you've proven that it doesn't work. There's others of us in here that are going through difficult times and you know how important it is to build on a firm foundation, either because you didn't and now you're restarting or because you have and you're grateful because you've endured. There are many in our church right now who are suffering great loss. Many who are still struggling to find employment. Many who are still struggling to find their spouse or struggling to get pregnant. Many who have had great disappointment in relationships. And you know what it is to have your foundation tested and maybe exposed and to learn, oh, I have been building on something that will not stand the test of time. Now it is time. I have to rebuild. I have to build this thing in a way that will last. I want a life that will survive and will endure past whatever storm, whatever flood, whatever torrent, whatever comes my way. I want to live a life that will last, a life of abundance, that even when bad things happen, even when things crash down, that I will be able to endure because I have built my foundation on Jesus. And yet there are many people that we know that still have a tendency to get off track and, and build in different ways and go off in different ways and let their foundation kind of go badly. On your outline, I, I wrote down for you several reasons why people build on weak foundations. See if something speaks to you in this. The reasons why people build on weak foundations, one of them is immediate gratification. We're in the microwave culture. We just want it fast. Like We just want it when we want it, and we can't wait. I, I, I see what others have, and I want that now. And we live for immediate gratification, and it, and it wrecks our foundation for the future. Or... We live for competing passions. We really are passionate more about something else than we are about our God, whether it's the pursuit of success or money or uh, acceptance, whatever those things are that drive us from the inside and that we want to self-actualize, and that becomes our obsession instead of our God. Another reason is comfort. The American dream, the stuff that we have, the things that are nice, we want them and they're not the enemy, and yet they can become the thing that holds us back from trusting God and taking our next step and building on a solid foundation. Uh, or we get focused on image. We want the appearance of success. We want the, we want the big looking house. We want the nice looking house. And so we're going to pop that thing up as fast as possible because we want people to see it, even though on the inside it's smoke and mirrors. Maybe there's no sense of urgency. There's other things in life that just are, are so pressing and just need our attention and our devotion. And then we, just, we just need to be doing this all the time and we don't yet have the sense of urgency or desperation that our foundation needs attention. Maybe you just don't have the support. We need each other. Our houses lean and rest on other houses. We need tips from other people who have built houses before us on how to stay strong and healthy. Maybe you've surrounded yourself by people who aren't going in the same direction as you, and that's okay to be friends with those kind of people, but you need a support system also that's helping you with your foundation. 
The last thing that I have here is perhaps you're stuck. Maybe you want to change desperately, but you just keep getting locked into these patterns, these addictions, and they, and they control you, and you can't yet break free. Hypothetically, if you got distracted or off track or built your house on a weak foundation, which one of those resonates most with you? If you're courageous, if you're willing, just sit there and think and recognize that. Take notes to yourself. Circle one of those. Consider what the implications are for your future. I think about high-profile people in culture, um, not to disparage them, not, not, to, not to judge them or put them down, but they're already high-profile, so it's easy for us to see. I think of guys like Tiger Woods, who literally built his whole life on excellence, on being the best at something, on being invincible. He, if he's wearing a red shirt, he is going to win, dang it. And he, no one can touch him until the torrents get high enough where his whole, his whole little kingdom comes crashing down. And now not only is his family in, sh- in shambles, but he can't even play golf the same way anymore because he built that whole thing in this way for this and not on a foundation that will last. Or think about all the NFL players that we see going through pain because they built their life on this sport and on making this money and on whatever else comes with it. And yet when it's over and the average, you know, the average career is like three years and when it's over, they don't know what to do. And there's all kinds of cases of depression and, and sad things that go along with that. Or think about the corporate professionals and corporate executives who build their whole life around money and going somewhere in the corporate world and, and climbing the ladder. And then they're so driven by it that there's corruption that happens and there's decisions that are made and there's a gray line that's crossed which leads to another one. And then people are committing suicide because of how deep the rabbit hole now goes and the, and the thing that they've gotten themselves into. We have people and examples all around us, and it happens to us too. We get off track and we start building our lives on things that are shallow, that will not last, that will not stand up to the test of time. But people who put God's words into practice are those who dig down deep, who build their foundation on the rock that is Jesus. No matter what happens in their lives, they will survive. They will persevere. They will see a silver lining. They will experience God's grace and love. They will live with eternity in mind and not just for temporary things. They will be honest about pain and about tragedy, and yet they won't be ruined by it. They will be hardworking and diligent, but they will not be obsessed with money. They will be sensitive people, but not people pleasers. They will be strong and courageous and not afraid of what might come. They will, be, they will be excellent at what they do, but their identity will not be in their work. They will be full of grace, but also able to speak truth in love. Friends, I'm talking about our church This is who we are becoming. This is the target that we are aiming at. We are building our foundation on Jesus. This is the direction that we're going together. This is the direction we're inviting you into personally, but this is what we are building together as a 
church, God is doing something, something unique and something special in Huntington Beach and the surrounding areas, and he's going to use our church. And this is just the beginning. We are just laying a foundation for the future, and you are a part of that, and I want you to see that you are a part of that. You play a role in that, and the decisions that you make are part of this larger story. We're building a foundation individually for our lives, but we're building collectively for the sake of our community and the kingdom of God. We are a part of something bigger. The foundation of a strong church is disciples in action. People who don't just hear the truth, but they do it. We are those people who carry out the message of Jesus. James 2, 26 says, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Faith is proven by our actions. Beyond what you say, even beyond what you believe, it's proven by your actions. Now let's be honest for a moment. Some of you are here and you're still kind of on the peripheral, looking in as a part of our church. You, you haven't fully engaged yet. You haven't decided if you're going to be all in, and that's okay. I would just invite you, the deeper you dive, the better it gets. The deeper you dive in your relationship with God, the better it gets. The deeper you go with a community of people, the more fulfilling your life will be. Jump in. Take your next step. I'm inviting you to be part of the foundation that we're laying here in this church and with this community. So as we wrap up this what if series that we've been in, what if... What if you chose to build your life on a foundation that will truly last? What if you decided to be all in? What if, what if you said, I, I don't need to be like the weird kind of fanatic thing or whatever your, your view of like a weird Christian is. Like put that aside. What if you just said yes to Jesus, to taking your next step? What would that look like? There's just some simple ways. You can read the Bible. That's a way to kind of get his words and his truth in, into your head, into your heart. We have one-year Bibles that a bunch of us have been going through. We're exactly halfway through, but you can still jump in. Just go the rest of the way and finish it next year or whatever. Just to have his truth in your mind. You can jump into Rooted. We have it. It's already on the calendar, September 14th. You can just like write your check now to commit yourself so that you can't weasel out of it later. Just say, I am in, I am doing this. You can serve, you can join with the, whether it's the youth ministry or whether it's uh, set up and tear down or children's or whatever. You can serve. You don't even have to serve here. We need people on the Sundays, but we also serve in all kinds of ways in the city during the week. In fact, Monica, one of the things that I'm challenging her with is in this next year, 10 of you, I hope 10 of you, are starting new ministries that we haven't even thought of yet, that you're seeing a need in Fountain Valley or Costa Mesa or Westminster or Huntington. You're seeing a need and you're meeting a need. And we have a whole plan that helps prepare people to launch new ministries. And maybe that is you. Maybe you need to jump in a life group. You've done the rooted thing, and, it's, and, and yet you're, you kind of fell off the wagon in terms of a group. We need support from other people. Maybe it's giving. Maybe, it's, maybe kind of financially giving has been a stumbling block for you that you haven't been able to get over that hurdle. Maybe it's time you just trust God with your resources. Just start with something. See that he's faithful and then go 
from there. Friends, our church is going to be a church who impacts the divorce rate in this county. Our church is going to be a church that impacts the adoption numbers in this county. Our church is going to be a church that impacts the suicide rate in this county. Our church is going to be a church who changes this city and the towns around us because you are going to do it. Because we are building on a foundation that is Jesus and we are becoming his message of love in this world around us. That is who we are. And it's because we are building our lives on a foundation that will last. And we are building our hope on a God who does not change. He just changes our hearts. And he is the creator of heaven and earth. He is the recreator of our hearts. He is the one who invites us to live our lives for good, to live into the design that he designed for you, that he created you to be and to do in this lifetime. So I want to invite you in these last few moments to examine your foundation, to just ask yourself, what am I building on? What are my actions telling me about the life that's coming? Am I in a hurry? What am I slow to surrender? What do I already know God's been saying to me and I just haven't said yes? Before the band leads us in our last song, I'm going to invite you just to pause and consider and listen and let God continue to speak to you as verses, as, as things that Jesus has said over these past weeks and months kind of appear in front of your eyes. God, would you speak to us? Would you give us courage to say yes and take our next right step in Jesus' name?